This is the AZ Brandcast, where we explore Arizona's brand and the brands that make Arizona. I'm Mike Jones. And I'm Chris Stadler. Today we have with us Steve Kovac, the founder of Kovac. Kovac. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Good. So Kovac, Kovac, based in Chandler, Arizona, Kovac is one of the nation's largest integrated designers, manufacturers, and installers of high-quality panel and glazing systems for commercial building enclosures. Kovac offers a complete line of services to meet the most demanding applications. Yeah, Steve, we're really excited to have you on today. I'm glad know. to be here. Yep. It's awesome. Um, you guys have kind of been in our, our radar, mostly through Sam, um, for a long time. And, and we've seen some of your work, and it's awesome. It's pretty amazing. And uh, we've heard lots of great things. So I'm really excited that you're actually coming on the podcast and we get to chat with you one-on-one more. All right. Thank um, you. So give us a little bit of background about you and how you got started with Kovac. Well, that's that's uh, that's pretty easy. That's a softball there. Yeah, my, <laughs> my dad started the company uh, years ago. Um, so I'll just tell you this, is our 50th anniversary this year. That's awesome. So that'll give you an idea of, of how long this has been going on. But, uh, we started with my two brothers, uh, and, uh, worked our way, uh, out of a, a garage to a small, uh, office warehouse. Uh, after a few years, we bought the building and after a few years, the Scottsdale air park kicked us out because, uh, <laughs> uh crates and nails don't really work really well in an airfield. Uh, and uh, so we close it in, bring it inside for a couple of days and man, just, just the trucks would show up and uh, we were working, uh, we had about five or six buildings rented all over mm-hmm. Scottsdale Air Park. And uh, I, I had a stack of, you know, how you at the, at the, at the restaurant where they, they got the pin where they put the ticket on. I had a stack of tickets on my desk <laughs> with a pin <laughs> of uh, tickets, literally. You were like a short order cook. <laughs> yeah. And then they finally were going to call me. But, but the whole time we were scrambling uh, to buy a new and build mm-hmm. a new facility, which we did uh, down in Mesa uh, on the, uh, the 60 in Mesa Drive, we uh, ended up with about 300,000 square foot of manufacturing uh, facilities there. We are as much a manufacturer as we are a constructor. Mm-hmm. We uh, stayed there uh, from, gosh, till uh, from the early 90s to the 2000. And in 2000, uh, uh, we uh, sold our manufacturing side. Uh, to a, a, a company out of Pennsylvania who was going to build a plant here. And I got wind of that and I said, hey, we don't need another competitor. Just, you know, we, we are constructors. Mm-hmm. And that's our, our uh, and our, our manufacturing just supported us. Mm. Uh, and we, uh, up until uh, the mid 90s, when we started selling to other people with our products, uh, 95, 96, we were uh, named the largest metal roofing manufacturer in the United States, um, based on tonnage, and we were manufacturing uh, literally a thousand projects a year. Uh, we were installing many of them, but many of them we sold to outside vendors. Hmm. We grew that model into the wall system uh, trade in 2005. Uh, we did our first uh, composite wall panel system, and in 2007 we developed our own system, Kovac, uh, and. Uh, our team has always been innovative to the point where uh, we like to fabricate and, and, and be a, uh, you know, pr- pretty much vertically integrated, mm-hmm. uh, get taking product to market. So we uh, 
enjoyed that for quite a while and continue to this day with that model. Hmm. It seems to work real well, and we have more control over the, the end and, and uh, result. Yeah. No, it's really, it's really interesting how you guys, because you guys started as, as, a, as a constructor, is that right? Correct. We started buying products from uh, various manufacturers hmm. throughout the country. Uh, architectural metal roofing uh, back in the late 70s was basically non-existent. It was heavy industrial metal panels for mm. walls and roofs. And uh, a group of uh, folks out of uh, Pittsburgh, and you know, Pittsburgh was the hub of, yep. of America in the day, in the, yep. old, you know, in the 20s, in the 30s, steel, yep. coal. Uh, and then it evolved into PPG. You've heard of PPG, yep. Pittsburgh Plate and Glass. Well, that was Pittsburgh Paint and Glass, excuse me, Paint and Glass. And uh, so they got into the paint business and it evolved uh, from there. Uh, some of those fellas uh, in the uh, early 70s went, uh, moved to Los Angeles and started their own architectural firm. And uh, my father uh, worked for those guys and with those guys. And we brought it uh, to uh, Arizona uh, about the time Palo Verde nuclear power plant uh, oh. was built. Uh, was about the time uh, we, we started providing product. That's cool. Um, what kind of led you guys to decide to go from just a constructor using other people's products to actually creating your own? Um, oh, that's a good one. So we were doing a project in the west side of Phoenix, and we one of the one of the things you like in a metal roof is not to have seams in the roof. Seams end up coming apart and leak. It's metal mm -hmm. building technology, which is which is a structural panel. And it's getting into the details here, but they, the joints are screwed tight and you see those exposed screws up in an industrial building and who cares. But in a beautiful uh, architectural project, you like to have continuously long roof panels. Well, as I said, in, over in Los Angeles, uh, we had a, a, a company that was, uh, would form the panels and ship them to us. Well, mm -hmm. I had this one project, uh, I think it was Abbott Labs on the west side, I believe they're still out there. Uh, beautiful big building, but it was a 90-foot long roof panel, and uh, we got the job because we told them we could provide a 90-foot long roof panel <laughs> shipped from Los Angeles. <laughs> and, so, uh, so they need to go figure out how to make a 90-foot long roof. <laughs> well, you can extrude as long as the coil is. If uh -huh. you, you know you have these big coils and you run them through a machine, imagine an old old movie projector. It runs through all those little rolls, and you know, and it, and it comes out the other end a finished product. Uh, shaped and formed and then the machine shears it to length well typically it's a shippable length 40 50 uh, feet and then if the roof's longer you put a lap in it but the laps uh -huh. are unsightly yeah and uh, also have a tendency to leak yep. well so we pride ourselves on you know no leaks and and uh, innovative construction so we'll ship this over <laughs> so they built these amazingly long wood crates and got a stretch trailer and we shipped them uh, to this project well, we got the first, and then the, 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 the trick is craning that big 90 foot long crate full of steel panels onto a roof. Well, you have to get a big spreader bar and a big crane. Well, these are wooden crates shot together with nail guns. <laughs> oh no. So after the, we got the first one up there and if things were going fairly good and we lifted the second one and uh, it was like a cannon went off and the crate, oh, the crate no. snapped in the middle and it swung and uh, we didn't lose the crane, but it swung and took out all the trusses and the plywood. Oh. No, nobody got hurt. 
And it was just, I'm looking at this big hole in a building, oh. a, a ruined a, yeah. a bundle of panels. It just, they're, they're like noodles when they're not structurally, they're, they're not a structural panel. And that was it, you know, threw the camera down, threw the hard hat down, <laughs> kicked a dented my truck, you know, with my foot. And uh, we reordered, got them in there. And uh, this time, instead of a crane, we actually walked, them. I built a ramp mm-hmm. and we walked them up from the truck, took forever. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, just like Chinese labor. Yeah. We had 50 people trying to do the task. I have this without... picture of the Egyptian pyramid. That, that's, that's a better, that's a better <laughs> that's analogy. Just, just... Steve just answered our icebreaker question. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but uh, so that day I said, we got to figure out a better way. And mm-hmm. a better way was to buy a machine that extruded the panel to the roof on site, on site. Mm, and hence Kovac cool. uh, actually innovatively uh, d- took over that market in the mm. Southwest. That's very um, cool. We we've grown it into that that philosophy of roll forming large large long panels onto roofs. Uh, uh, we did that for many many years. Uh, my middle brother uh, uh, Rick Kovac, who owns the BMO Roofing Company. He also, he, he, he took it to, and, and he's on steroids with it now. They have machines that, huge million dollar machines that hang on boxes that roll 16 gauge mm. stainless steel, 300 feet long for airport projects. It's just mm, amazing. And yet it's, it's the way to get a, a very high quality, never have to worry about it, 100 year roof system. So uh, we've kind of evolved here at Kovac. We're not doing as many roofs, but we're doing more wall systems. Mm. So uh, uh, we kind of were bending over, putting panels down on a roof. Now we're standing up on walls. So it's, it's a, lot e- a lot easier on the back. And uh, a lot of my uh, senior uh, folks have been working here forever, uh, are so glad that we're standing up instead of bending over. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, that's should, awesome. Should we do the icebreaker? We should do the icebreaker. It's, it's a fun one. It's, yeah, go um, for it, Chris. Okay, I'll go for it. All right, so. Uh, what is your favorite? And you have two choices with this icebreaker. Multiple uh, choice. You have two. You have two directions you can go with it. It's mm. it's, it's uh, extra fun. So, favorite construction saying or and or your favorite construction story about a screw up. Well, I gotta hit that yeah. one. <laughs> you you nailed it on the head. But I got a, I got a couple. Nailed <laughs> Nice dad joke. I'm sure Mike. you got more than one though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any more? Uh, any more uh, construction analogy? Any more construction? No, no, no. Just no. nailed it. That's no. Let's just leave it there. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But the, but the construction saying uh, is basically our motto here at Kovac. It's work hard and play hard. Hmm. So we do work hard and we do like to do a lot of events. This week is the Phoenix Open, mm-hmm. uh, Waste mm. Management Phoenix Open, and. Uh, we each day have a, about 30 or 40 people, uh, customers, vendors, friends, that we uh, each day is a new day. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm there every day and, and uh, hopefully survive this week. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you going to the Phoenix Open, Mike? Yeah, I'll be there on Thursday. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. That's, yeah, I'm excited. And I think that's a, I think it's a golf tournament. I think so. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. Sure. There's a whole lot of other things going on, though. <laughs> yeah. That's the challenge. <laughs> do I watch the golf or do I... Hang well, out. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? <laughs> uh, all right, Mike, what's yours? Uh, what's your construction screw up or favorite yeah. and or favorite uh, thing? Thankfully, not my screw up. I benefited from it yeah. majorly, which is why it's my favorite. Um, so we remodeled our house, what was that, like four years ago, three years ago? And uh, 
the GC that came in and did it, we, you know, we talked through all the plans. We had architectural plans. We worked with an architect and kind of figured everything out and had it all lined up. And he's, you know, getting going. They do all the demo and they're starting to, you know, they're doing, there was uh, we had some doors in the back of the house that we wanted to replace. There was a sliding glass door in particular. And we just said, Hey, we're just going to, we're just going to flip it out with a new sliding glass door. He's like, great, no problem. So I get a call that same day. He's like, that was the day where they were going to knock the doors out. And uh, I get a call at about like two in the afternoon and he's like, so we made a mistake. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what happened? And he's like, well, we, we took the doors out like we talked about, but my guys uh, weren't paying close enough attention and they put in French doors instead of a sliding glass door. And uh, so you got nice new French doors. Merry Christmas in July. And I was like, yeah, I can live with that. Nice. There you go. And I was like, how do you, how do you mess up and put in something a lot nicer than what I had specked out? <laughs> but that was my, uh, that was my, that's my favorite screw up story. There were other screw ups in that project that were less to our favor. Yeah. So, so kind of it was a wash in the end. It was actually, it was interesting. I think if that hadn't happened, there would have been, it would have been harder to swallow some of the other issues we had. The biggest one was, uh, it was just, it was kind of this, that was the first point of kind of realizing like this GC's crew was maybe not the most like detail oriented. <laughs> and uh, there was a one later where we had contracted with another company to um, build like a custom countertop and they installed it. And his guys, the GC's guys, came back in to hang lighting above it. And, of course, they get up, and it's, uh, it's, um, it was quartz, the countertop. They get up on the countertop to hang the lighting above it. And not thinking, they probably, you know, got their nice, like, big, heavy boots on, and someone had probably picked up a nail or a really nice rock in the bottom of their shoe. And there was gouge marks in the brand-new countertop we never even used in like two spots and you could tell it was like directly under the lighting and it was like oh ouch, my goodness ouch and it was like yeah just you know put like a piece of cardboard down or something <laughs> like yeah. just not thinking right you know and so that was the downside to that one but man but you know at the end it's like one of those like i mean now it, in the moment it felt really painful and emotionally hard and now it's like i don't even notice that spot anymore and you know we're, we're banging on that countertop all the time so whatever <laughs> yeah. i mean you have kids so it's yeah, like kids. Hey, nice it's like anyway. oh, it's gonna get ruined eventually anyway so <laughs> yeah. anyway that's my uh somehow i snuck two in there chris but my fa so i have a saying in a story so the saying is um uh if you fall from the scaffolding you're fired before you hit the ground right <laughs> so that's what i got when i was in construction i was a laborer and then uh and then there was other time where we were rolling trusses on a um big fire station a new fire station and um they were just trying to hurry because they just wanted the crane for the day they didn't want to pay for two days so right. they're in a hurry man right so um so they were the carpenters are up top they were like you know they were basically you have to you you you, you roll truss you roll another truss you 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 have to connect them together with um with some you know i can't remember what they call them but it's just like a two by four or whatever you just kind of tack them together some ties right? yeah some ties right so you kind of tie them together pretty soon i'm looking up and I see, I see one of them kind of wave a little bit and the other one, it waves the other way and then it waves the other back the other way again. Like all these trusses, it was like a wave of trusses doing this little dance, right? Pretty soon they all just crash, oh, crash no. down to the ground. Every single one of them. Dominoes. Yeah. And, and 
everybody jumped down from a four. It was probably like a 12, 14 foot, uh, plate uh, at the top of yeah. the, the, the walls, the, the, the stone walls. And, um, nobody got hurt at all. That's amazing. And, um, but I'm pretty sure that, um, they had to call the insurance cause that was uh, that's a lot of trusses and they couldn't use a single one of them because they were now like compromised. Right. Yeah. You know, the real downside is the cranes coming back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. didn't pay off, <laughs> yeah. didn't pay off. <laughs> and they had to clean it up <laughs> not in the budget and they had to pay for all the truck oh, yeah <laughs> Dude, it's, it was a mess so uh, so the first question uh mike do you um yeah you want to so, unveil um you know you got you're in construction you're in manufacturing here in arizona is this a place that caters to your kind of business is this like has this been a good a good place uh, I, I call it Disneyland. <laughs> we, we've never been uh, uh, wanting for work here in Arizona. And, and I can say that all the way back, uh, basically since high school. And we've always, always had work or people asking us to do work. It's all about performing. And mm -hmm. if you put together a a, uh, a you know a viable company somebody's going to want you to help them out there's uh it's it's been that way a lot of people have come here tried it uh you know you, you get different cultures in different areas don't always fit in here mm -hmm. and um it's a unique environment but uh basically because of the heat in the summer a lot of uh crews that come from the north uh, really can't handle it mm -hmm. and they go you know, scrambling back they go scrambling back anyway to their to, to the snow you know when there's no snow they go back north yeah. and when they and they, they uh, deluge the market here when they come here the field mm -hmm. field guys uh, love working in uh, this good weather right now sure so uh, they're like snowbird construction companies oh, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable you can kind of you can kind of set their last check on the day that you know, <laughs> it hits 50 in uh, minnesota yeah. when it hits 50 in minnesota they're gone you know they that's where they live and you know not all of them but yeah. lot, lot, we get a lot of transient uh, uh weather transient uh, yeah. uh construct and we plan for it and we stay in contact with the fellows mm. and it's hard to predict when you're going to uh, get a job and when the job's going to go based on so many variables. It's uh, called the 7-Eleven theory. You go by 7-Eleven every day on your way to work to get a cup of coffee. And normally you walk in and get your coffee. There's one person in front of you. And, and then, uh, you know, the next day there's uh, two people in front of you. But all of a sudden you go there one day and there's 12, 14 people standing right in front of you. And uh, they're all either buying a lottery ticket, a pack of cigarettes. And you, by the time you get there, your coffee's cold. And you say, what, what happened today? It's random. Mm. It's random. So you get your jobs. You put numbers out there. The owner finally gets his mm. financing. They call you. It's time to go. And you have to say no. And then if you do say no, you've got too many jobs. Mm. What happens is some of those jobs drag on. Yep. Uh, and very seldom do you ever get a job that, <laughs> that accelerates. Mm. <laughs> so you, you've got to calculate the drag or the or, or the, the, the scheduled delays everybody's very aggressive in the front end they're yep. you know excited about the job you've got great energy at the beginning and then you start hitting those brick walls as you move forward oh permitting oh city oh there's a water main we didn't know about oh there's a hole in the ground oh the soils are ridiculous <laughs> and you get into all that and the job starts dragging down. Mm -hmm. So you, we plan for that. We think about that. But uh, uh, invariably, you'll get a couple of really sharp general contractors that have done their due diligence and they're out ahead of that. And it stays on track. 
uh, baseball stadiums. They're going to they're going to swing a bat on this date two years in the future. That job will be on time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, case in point, years and years ago, uh, the Diamondback Stadium was built and under a, a tough schedule, and everybody got it done. Nobody was happy, <laughs> but they got it done. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What are uh, besides the the heat? What are some of the uniques here that have kind of been to your guys' benefit? Um, affordable labor. Hmm. Um, hmm. Where you have affordable labor, you're going to have hotter economies. Uh, you know that I, I used to. You know, I used to really, uh, really, really think that that was the case. However, uh, currently in Anaheim. Uh, it's it's going nuts over in Southern California with uh, co- in the construction market, and the labor over there is quite quite expensive. Uh, cost of living is quite expensive, so basically it goes with your cost of living. But I, I think overall, in the last uh, two or three decades, Arizona has sustained its growth based on a very good labor pool at a very reasonable price. Uh, we don't send uh, you know uh, guys in uh, Los Angeles uh, uh, Glazers Union. Uh, from LA into Phoenix, uh, they're used to making uh, quite a bit more, uh, and and they're out of town. They still have a house mm-hmm. to support and a family to support. So we don't travel, uh, you know, between those markets. But in the rest of the Sun Belt, between Arizona and and uh, 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 Texas, uh, Tennessee, uh, those are all pretty much uh, equal labor markets. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Have you guys ever thought about moving? Never the base company. We have offices now in Anaheim, Dallas, mm-hmm. Austin. We're pretty big in Austin uh, and Nashville mm-hmm. currently. And I, I think that, that's pretty good for our, for our uh, size of the company we want to be and, and to be able to perform. There's, there's a sweet spot. You can have too much, too little. You try to keep it right in the middle. And that uh, has to do with sales, the type of jobs you, you're looking at. Uh, uh, owners, contractors, developers, it's, mm-hmm. it's a big, uh, it's an equation that you have to stay on top of to keep that even flow. It's very difficult for even flow, uh, for cash, for, uh, employees, uh, and, and backlog in mm-hmm. the, uh, in any construction, especially trade like we are. Yep. How'd you stay, uh, <clears throat> so even through like 2010 with the big recession and everything and construction was just in the toilet. Was that, was that just, um, was that just uh, like family housing and it didn't affect the commercial as much or were you guys just that uh, ready for that kind of thing to happen? That's a great question. Uh, no, we weren't ready for that to happen. It started in 09. There just wasn't anything uh, to build uh, and, uh, commercially, uh, industrially. Uh, it was nobody knew what to do with their money. They certainly weren't going to spend it. Um, and uh, coming into 2010, we were just scrambling. We da- that was probably the smallest employee group and uh, smaller revenue we had in uh, the previous 10 years uh, was uh, 20, 2010. So fairly unique for our company. We always, as I said, have been busy. And we actually were uh, pretty busy. We, uh, uh, ownership side, it was my son and, and my business partner, now, we had about 60 field installers, and we had to keep them busy. I remember one job in 09, all I had working were foremen on one house. <laughs> we kept everybody else at bay. Uh, they yeah. were off. But for, for one week there, just to keep all my top, top guys 
being productive. They're all on one big house. <laughs> and I said, man, this is nuts. And was it one, an awesome quality house? When you were <laughs> it, <there>? was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was in Paradise Valley, so it helped out. But, uh, but, it, but it was just, that was the lowest low of manpower that I can imagine. And so with that, we learned a little bit. I said, well, you know what? The Kovac had always done fairly well, and we had some dough. So uh, the three of us as partners decided to build our own personal homes in 2010. <laughs> and uh, we, not only did we get good value, they got uh -huh. done quickly. Yeah. And so we did. Uh, that kept a lot of our people working that were really used to working mm -hmm. on uh, the residential. I had, I had, I had, little did I know, I had framers working for me <laughs> in the sheet metal world, and they framed our homes. And so that, that was part of it. But... Uh, I was sitting on my desk here in Phoenix, going through a magazine, looking at architectural projects. What are coming up? What's the mm. new work coming? And I saw this job uh, that had our product all over it. It was in Nashville, Tennessee. And I said, whoa, that's a stretch. But wow, <laughs> look at this job. So I said, you know, why not? So I bought an airline ticket. I went out there and uh, sure enough, they had scraped uh, the property and they were uh, just doing site work and there was a job trailer. And it was Clark Construction and uh, uh, Bell Clark. It was the local flavor was Bell, the local contractor. Clark's the national guy. Went in a job trailer. I just started thumbing through drawings like I own the place. And this guy, <laughs> can I help you? I said, uh, maybe. Uh, I'm an uh, uh, enclosure contractor. And I uh, just want to know a little more about the job. Is this job been bid out? Is it let? I didn't know anything about it. And I had a very, uh, very talkative superintendent who gave me all the info I needed. And I was off to the races, met the architect, met the, the, the general contractor, met the uh, business development guy, and worked my way in pre-qualified, and we were allowed to give a price on this job. Mm. And there was a tough competition for the job coming out of the recession. Everybody was hungry. But, uh, you know, we're a blessed company. We got, the, we got awarded the Nashville uh, 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 Music City Convention Center. That's awesome. Nice. It, was, it, was the, it was the largest uh, muni that... Uh, that uh, was was issued. A, 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 I won't mention the company, but the company in New York that issued the the uh, the uh, public bonds was the largest bond over half of hmm. half a billion. It was six hundred eighty million dollars. Wow! And they, and so they saw they saw something in Nashville, and they absolutely did. One that once this convention center was built, now it took all our resources here in Chandler uh, to to build this project. We we had over 180 trucks shipped there hmm. of finished product. Wow. We had, we had uh, invented new systems to to fit the budget and uh it was a great job for us overall. We were, we were uh, and we didn't have a lot of people to send there. So we hired locally and we got uh, an award for the uh the company that had a contract for over 10 million dollars that hired the most local uh people. I only had four people there from Arizona mm. that ran this this large project. And today, if you go look at it, it's just still stunning and amazing. Uh, that was the uh, the start of the Nashville construction uh, yep. boom. Yeah, it's been just going nuts over there. Yeah, all I hear about is Nashville. Nashville, How which is why it? this morning I was like, is it Nashville or is it Nashville? Because Louisville is Louisville, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we had a big conversation about this. Big conversation, Very not Knoxville or Knoxville. <laughs> It's Nashville. I, Steve, anything? Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Yankee. <laughs> so, uh, it's Bill to me. <laughs> I've just been told how to, you know. Na I've uh, spent time in Nashville, Louisville. and I've never heard anyone say Nashville. Yeah, I haven't either. No, it's, Nashville. it's Nashville. It's Nashville. Yeah. yeah. If anything, it's Nashville. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. 
but so that started uh that that got us through the to answer your question on 2010 that got us through 2010 mm-hmm. uh, 11 and 12 and that was the uh catalyst we needed to uh, move forward the economy just started picking up from there and actually uh in 2020 it has not stopped since mm-hmm. 2012. Mm-hmm. It, That's fantastic. it has been growing uh the growth has been uh uh the, the tax the tax uh uh uh, situation uh, last couple three years change has changed gra- dramatically at the federal level mm-hmm. uh, to the benefit of construction and employment mm-hmm. obviously uh, lowest employment rate in the history of Arizona right now and uh, so it is it's a tough job market to grow your company mm-hmm. uh, if you're coming in here to grow you better bring some people with you and yet Maricopa County is about the fastest growing if it is not the fastest growing county in mm-hmm. the United States mm. Um, uh, Davidson County and Nashville is is in the top ten, but uh, those are just the ones I'm familiar with. But yeah, uh, um, do you feel like you guys have benefited quite a bit from companies moving here, uh, you know, and wanting to do new builds and and establish headquarters and that kind of thing? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, if you could, you know, a, a good uh, uh, example is Intel. Hmm. Uh, so right now we're on uh, we're in Chandler here on the on the Price Corridor. Uh, one of the uh, is more with the fiber optic lines in in this in their uh, their transmission uh, devices that we have more connectivity almost as much as Simi Valley, mm-hmm. uh, second most about in the country for <clears throat> connectivity and therefore with Intel who who drove all that um, at the end of the at the dead end of Price Road basically yeah. uh, that is just a small example. You got Northrop Grumman next door that mm-hmm. just came in and uh, I. Don't know how many people there. They've got to have a thousand people next door. Mm-hmm. A lot of West Side, uh, the the distribution market has just gone crazy on the West Side of Phoenix. It's been doing that forever. A million square foot freezers. You ever heard of a million square foot freezer? <laughs> I hate to get lost in that thing because <laughs> he, he ain't getting out. It's going to be like ten years before it's someone a, finds you. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty cool building, though. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, moving to Arizona for the climate, uh, mm-hmm. for the economics, for the tax base. Uh, you name it. Another yeah. hot spot, Austin, Texas, is a mm. uh, very growth market. Um, and we think we're uh, uh, blessed enough to be in these uh, four really hot markets, Anaheim, Phoenix, Austin, mm. and Nashville. Mm. Yeah. It's very strategic. So, it's good. Yeah, so, so one thing I heard you say, uh, you were talking about um, being able to go to Nashville and then be able to use local, local people. How'd that work with the quality that you guys look for? Like the quality you guys look for in your finished in your finished work, was it was it a challenge to get local people to be integrated in your culture enough to where they they express their express your values and just how they in their workmanship and stuff? Yeah, so that, that's that's a really good point. Uh, training is is paramount in in a sub trade uh, training, and it's difficult to trade and. Uh, in in the California, the, the unions do a really good job with their apprentice programs. They bring in, bring in uh, the, the carpenters, glazers. Those are the unions we're associated with in California. Uh, they do a great job of training. But in the, the rest of the uh, the states, it's basically uh, training on the job training. And so you need to associate that person with the right personality of the other person that you're working with. So it's it's quite a dynamic uh, in the in a construction hmm. crew. Uh, you have the you have the young fella that comes on as a laborer. Well, the first thing you got to teach the young fella that's coming up is safety. Hmm. You when when you're you're 19 or 20 years old on a very dangerous job site, <laughs> you don't you're not a, as aware. And you you guys I can tell have been on job sites and worked construction in your early days. Uh, they're 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 sketchy, 
If, if oh, you're, yeah. And you're scared to death. You hear a boom and you shake, you know, it, but that boom's going on all day. And it's a guy with a powder actuated tool shooting a pin. Um, and, you you know, it, it's just you have to you have to uh, come along and, and and get familiar with a large job site, just mm. a, a basic labor. And that's something I've always uh, lately have been uh, a little frustrated with. We, we don't have uh, kids coming out of, of high school and uh, you know, uh, uh, junior colleges that just want to get into the field. Hmm. A lot of there's a lot of construction management uh, students, and and that's great. We that's also a shortage in our industry. It's good construction management trained uh, in systems and organizational skills. That is a true need. However, they need people to install to work to climb ladders to bend over to stand up to cut saw uh all the things that you have to do with your muscles and your hands and they make a great living really and that's what we're trying to promote is it's a great living you're outdoors uh working with your hands working with your hands you you get a sense of accomplishment Mm. uh and and if you're you know the tendency to do that and i I'd like to see more of the schools and the trade schools and the welding shops and the, and the automotive shops, you know, a, a diesel mechanic, you know, he's, he's the one that keeps the world going around, right? The trucking industry, hmm. a, a, a good diesel mechanic can make six figure incomes and there's no reason that, uh, and we have many people at Kovac in the field at six figure incomes. Hmm. And we do that uh, with overtime incentives and bonuses because there is a demand and the cost of labor is has risen yeah. based on supply and demand. The lowest, like I said, the lowest uh, uh, rates, uh, unemployment rates in in, a, in the history of the country, and uh, that that stymies growth some. So mm-hmm. you have to be innovative. Um, I could keep going. Yeah, I keep no, going. <laughs> I have all these questions now about you know is that a, is that an area of weakness here specifically in Arizona? Um, nationwide, nationwide. Nation- so that's not something indicative of just. Yeah. Arizona. It's not like people don't want to work in 114 Arizona. It's it's nationwide. Or, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. that's not a well, well? I'm sure to some degree there's also just <laughs> that deg- part of the incentive program a lack of well. people wanting to to work like manual labor. It, it's yeah. it's manual right. labor at some level, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It can still be very rewarding, um, in ways I think that maybe people don't understand until mm-hmm. they do it. But um, yeah, you know I as I think through like generational shifts and kind of cultural influences and stuff. And like, you know, most people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm, what's my end goal here? Well, it's definitely at least a bachelor's and a cushy office job. And yep. a, that's what's expected, right? Yeah. Yep. And especially in our kind of startup, startup worship culture yep. um, that we live in right now, where like, you know, who, who are the, who are the like rock stars of the professional world? It's, you know, people who program people who, build software people who are running and building startups tech well, startups well and follow your dreams right yeah um <laughs> oh that's a pandora's sweet. box for you yeah well they need oh. a building to work out of right? yeah exactly yeah, exactly and who built that building right? yeah yeah one yeah. of the things uh we we're, we so we we work with that and we try to still get uh these projects uh uh, get them up, get them up in the air. And, and if I can't put, you know, 20 guys on the walls on the project because just a lack of people, uh, we at Kovac have been extremely innovative of doing more in a shop environment, more in the uh, manufacturing facility. It's, it's, 
uh, a, a little easier to get someone to work in a, in a spot that you, that is you go to work at the same place every day and it's a job shop your job's different every day but you're at one place mm-hmm. you're uh, you you have uh, at least you're in the shade right you have yeah. some air moving around you, you got yep. the swamps mm. and air, AC and that kind of thing not a lot of AC but <laughs> <laughs> the fellows are innovative they have these u- unique units they pull them right alongside where they're working yeah. and uh, we've got uh, about 120 some fellows working gals working in the shop but they make their own cooling in the air we give them these little coolers and they put them right where they're working that week and then that a new product comes out and takes another configuration is roll this stuff around it's pretty neat to watch how That's they very cool but in the field it's a little different story you're on the mm-hmm. sunny side of the building it's beaten down on your back you've got to get this wall up yet you're getting a paid a premium to do that and at the end of the day uh you know work your your worker hours early you get home early uh i, I just uh i i do do really uh, appreciate the working guy in the field uh where they can uh do that and yet uh, we're seeing a, uh, you know, I, I was lucky. I had my dad brought me up and then my son, uh, I, I worked, he came, I came on board and actually was uh, the president of the company here up to a few years ago. And then uh, he's got a, he's got a Steve coming along. He's got a Steve <laughs> at 10 years old. So who knows where he's going, but the, the, uh, you know, you had somebody to mentor you as a family member. You, we, I felt I provided a job and then mm-hmm. they took it and they ran with it, mm-hmm. you know, and. I don't know how much of that's going on where you have mm. the dad and the son follows the dad into that trade. Uh, it's, it's less than we've seen, but I yep. still, I still have a father son teams. Uh, I moved a father son team from, uh, uh, Dallas just recently to Monterey, California huh. to install big glass panels. So we're trying to unitize more in the shop, mm-hmm. do more of the labor hours in the shop. So we'll, we have done some incredible uh, projects with different materials in a unitized manner that just locks into the wall hmm. and we don't have to assemble it in the field uh, like we used to do. That's very cool. I wonder if um, <clears throat> Arizona's kind of rugged cowboy heritage, I wonder how that kind of flows into the construction industry in Arizona or if it does. I see it in Texas uh, mm. a lot in the oil fields, right? Yeah, right? Yep. A lot of oil fields, and, and those holes have been drilled now. Uh, we're not drilling a whole lot of new holes. There, there are certainly drills, drill, uh, oil fields being uh, developed. And then, of course, we move them offshore. And uh, great, it's a good living uh, to do that. You get a lot of time off working on an on a, uh, oil platform. But those are the fellows we look at to bring into the construction market where they can mm. stay at home, work mm. on a project near their home, but that's also another uh, adage of construction in our trade is you go where the work is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that work may be in, uh, uh, may, maybe be in uh, uh, Tennessee. I, a quick story, we were talking about funnies. Uh, when I started out, I, I went where the work was. I had, a, I had a pickup truck, two pickup trucks, and I was kind of a hotshot crew, went around for this uh, company that they, they would hire my dad's company to go fix and catch up or whatever it worked all the way across the Sun Belt uh, and they sent me to a job in uh, uh, Jackson Tennessee uh, and uh, to do for about three or four weeks and about two two and a half weeks in the job it was Thanksgiving it was rolling around and they said hey Steve uh, you just got married I'll fly you we'll fly you got you'll fly you home uh, and I said well that's really nice of you but listen I, I got to get this job done because I want to get out of here and if I leave nothing's gonna happen so one's just let me, instead of traveling and all that, stay here and work. Plus, I get the hours, right? I get mm-hmm. paid. And once you fly my wife out, and he said, well, that's fine. Yeah, it's six, one half dozen yeah. the other. 
So sure enough, uh, they flew her out. She was, we just gotten married. She's an ASU student. And uh, she uh, got on the plane and uh, I'm waiting at the airport, a little airport in Jackson, Tennessee, and she didn't get off. Oh my gosh. Oh, no. Where'd you go? Where'd you <laughs> go? She, <laughs> she, she, uh, she, uh, she got on the wrong plane oh, and, and no. she flew to Jackson, Mississippi. Oh. <laughs> oh. So she had to figure this little naive, uh, when I say naive, it wasn't naive, but you know, she married me. Uh, <laughs> but she, uh, she had to get on a bus. Can you edit that out, Sam? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. Just, just imagine a, a, a little, a, an old bus. Uh, in, in 1974 from Jackson, uh, Mississippi, having to travel down to Jackson, uh, Tennessee and uh, to meet me. We finally figured it out, but I didn't see her till the next day. And uh, she was not worldly traveled. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. that. <laughs> but anyway. But that's how you learn. <laughs> that's you right. Know? That's right. That's awesome. So you guys have done some... Um, you guys have done some pretty innovative things and solved some interesting problems, right? That's what my sources tell me. Mm-hmm. Sam, our engineer, by the way, is my source. So <laughs> Sam's done a lot of work with, with Quebec. Um, so uh, so the, 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 he mentioned some things like um, some, some interesting technologies you guys have had to implement um, having to do with sandstone, right? Sandstone to me, I don't know. I've never worked with sandstone, but it sounds like it might be hard to work with. Yeah, well, uh, as I said before, we try to do a lot of panelization here in the shop before we go install it in the field. So, we, so panelization, just to find that. Okay, so when you look at a high-rise building, you see squares of glass. They're in, a, they're in an aluminum frame, and sometimes in those squares of glass, you have another product. It may be granite, uh, it may be metal. But the architects these days are beginning extremely innovative here in Arizona. And we have Los Angeles architects working here that just are, you know, the leading edge of, of technology and of thoughts. I, I don't, I, these guys go to bed at night and I don't know what they dream about because <laughs> they come up with something and we have to look at it and say, really? What the hell are we going to build that? But we do. We do. Um, we've taken a terracotta a panel, which is kind of like roofing tile. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the product is the, is the composite terracotta. It's a clay, a red clay, uh, and it's, it's a system. And we've actually uh, taken those, and uh, there's a building down in Tucson, um, uh, HSIB, and you can look at that building. It's amazing how the, the light hits it, but we panelized that, and we put the, and it's a fin, actually. So we'll take these three, 4,000-pound panels, and we'll crane them up. One of the projects, as you mentioned, Sandstone, is the ASU Law Project down at Taylor and 7th uh, Street in Phoenix. Uh, that project was quarried here. And we see sandstone. It's actually flagstone is sandstone, okay. compressed, compressed sand. And I was always concerned about the uh, material itself as a viable option for uh, uh, the walls. But... Uh, after much testing in the type of sandstone up by Williams, like I said, uh, is a, is, was the quarry. So we bought locally. Uh, we brought it down in slabs. We saw it here. We have a uh, unique patented fastening system that fastens in the back of it to keep it on the building. Hmm. We put it into the aluminum frame, into that unit that's now called, and now it's panelized. So you have the sandstone and the glass and maybe a louver. Uh, for ventilation, all in one panel, and that cranes up uh, you, you various various means and methods of pulling it up the wall of the building, hmm. and it locks into a track system, 
and you can put 20, 30 of those up a day when you're rocking and rolling and uh, they lock in. All the work was done here in the shop versus in the field. We didn't go back over that building. Mm -hmm. So what it was a see-through high rise with its slab edges, it's concrete, and you just look right through the building. Hmm. And then a week later, that whole level is enclosed and finished, done, hmm. not having to drop the outside except to wash the windows. <laughs> That's Did you really say cool. 3,000 pounds, uh, these panels? Uh, yeah, they, they are 15 to 5,000, depending on how much and how many floors you span. When you span a double, uh, a double floor and you have a steel knife blade sticking out of it for a few, for, for a, uh, a, a wind, a, a sunscreen system, uh, that they, they get extremely heavy. So the average is around 2000 pounds, but, but they get heavy. <laughs> That's incredible. That's so cool. Like that, I, that concept of prefabbing it, uh, before you go out to the job site and having it like ready to go in a panel system. Some jobs have no lay down area there. They built to the yep. property line mm. and, and they're existing, but hustling, bustling downtown and you're building a building right in the middle of it. Right. That's so cool. And we have to, it's kind of like you have to stand where you're working. The, pa the painter's <laughs> painting his room, but he's, he's got to stand around what he's painting, you know? Uh, but, uh, and then you gotta make sure a 3000 pound panel doesn't fall. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like no, a truss. Not knock on wood. We only have we have granite around here. Knock fine. Knock on truss. <laughs> knock on truss. <clears throat> so so are the uh I, I also the the same little birdie you told me those things also told me that you um created a canyon wall. Wow, that's an amazing project. Um co architects out of Los Angeles. Uh came to us and asked us about a metal wall system that looked like Lake Powell. And we said, what are you talking about? Lake Powell, you know, you look at the walls. And uh, so, so uh, my son and I, Stephen, we flew over to their office and we walk into their big meeting room and the entire wall they had printed on their big printer, a big wall section of somebody had taken a picture, wow. one, of, one of the architects at Lake Powell of a wall of all the striated uh, sediment. And it was just amazing picture. It was just paper, you know, it was wrinkly, but they, we, we, you walked in and said, we want to duplicate that on the uh, HSEB building uh, down again on, uh, on 7th Street. Uh, quite a, quite a, a neat, unique street though for driving up and down, seeing all the architecture that's happened mm -hmm. down there. There's amazing buildings. But uh, we, we, we did iterations and iterations and they wanted to do it out of copper. And we said, okay, well, copper's natural, and it's gonna it's gonna change colors over the years. It's gonna not be all the same when it goes up, and it's and it's gonna have a variegated finish. And yet, uh, metal is straight lines. You know, when you bend something, it, you you can't bend it. So we talked about dies and all kinds of shapes, but it's extremely expensive. So, so you, you can bend it on one axis, right? Correct. And not more. Like like a like a like a punch of a of a round shape you can do that and actually we always say in construction you can do anything it's just going to cost you yeah. a fortune <laughs> to do it right so uh we came up with a unique idea to have uh all the lines uh collect go there's random lines of bent material hmm. so it's like an accordion so the, a big sheet would be bent like an accordion but not even uh, lines of the little V's, little V's and accordion, they're the right same depth. When they're expanded, they're the same width. All these are different depths, different widths on different angles. Hmm. And uh, we actually procured a machine, which we still use to this day. And we did hmm. phase one, 
um, uh, and then and, and uh, about I don't know six seven years ago, and then phase two we did in sixteen, okay. about two to three years after phase one, and uh, we're able to utilize the same technology on the second project. We did the first one. It's also uh, really nice in construction when you can build two projects that are similar. Yeah. Uh, the first one, you get all the bugs worked out. The sec second one, <laughs> second you, one you, you make money make on. Money on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, downtown, and it's just an amazing project to drive by in the time and effort and energy of, uh, like I said, a collaboration mm -hmm. of, uh, of a lot of people to come up with that uh, design and make it a workable uh, workable uh, a product. We have three disciplines in our trade. Uh, the first discipline uh, is aesthetics. Everybody wants it to look cool, look good, look clean, uh, look as they expected. Uh, the second one is structurally. We have a, the discipline has to be structurally sound enough to handle extreme high wind loads, uh, hurricane wind loads in many cases. Uh, that material cannot come off the building, period, mm -hmm. the end. And last but not least uh, is it has to be weatherproof and waterproof. Mm -hmm. So every one of those disciplines is a challenge and to put them all in one bucket and then stick them on a wall. <laughs> I'm not even talking about constructing it. It's just, yeah, those are a lot of boxes to check. Yeah. That's so incredible. So I think, is that the photo behind you? I believe is that, that project, right? That is it. And you can yeah, see the, the, beautiful. the, the one that was done first is, is darker mm -hmm. and it's, it's weathered. And the other one is, uh, a little shinier and yeah. it's catching up and uh i like to say it's arizona copper but arizona has these big ingots and they go yeah. into the uh into the uh the black hole and it gets melted down in whatever the country bought it or whether uh -huh. it's in the states or out of states and who knows it may have come back maybe to it us, came back okay. we wouldn't know we have to do a dna check yeah. <laughs> but that's uh we are cool. the copper state and that's why we use a lot of copper around here it mm. just looks so good and uh you know, we like to say it's a hundred year product, Yeah, but mm. we know it'll last much longer. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the, uh, the architects, you're kind of giving them a lot of credit for the innovation. So they're basically like, they, they, they dream, they come up with their dreams at night, they write it down on their little pad by their bed or whatever, and then hand it to you. And now you're supposed to make it pretty, Figure it structural out how to, yeah. and weather and waterproof, right? Right. They, they, they they draw the they draw the pretty picture, <laughs> and then they uh, and they consult along the way to get to a, a, a designed a set of drawings, actual drawings. It starts with an SK, a sketch, mm -hmm. and that's where we were on that project, and that was uh, a pretty pretty uh, cool uh, way to start off at one at that level where we were able to figure out the design, and then they had the contractor saying budget, 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 budget budget he had a budget right and, and we could go crazy with budget you know we could if, if you throw the budget to the wind we could do all kinds of crazy stuff so it's it's that nice dance to dance it right to the budget and get everything that everybody wanted within the budget and it takes a uh, a long effort to do that and with with a with a, a, a cooperative crew hmm. and no one personality runs it it's just a really great way to do a, yeah. a design a build and design assist project. So <clears throat> where are these architects coming up with these ideas? I mean, are these Arizona, a lot of these guys, uh, gals, are they, a lot of them, are they like Arizona based and, and get a lot of inspiration from Arizona? Uh, some or? of this, the craziest stuff, I, I just attribute it to miracle, uh, medical marijuana. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where they come up with some of these thoughts, you know, it's crazy. 
it's crazy uh, uh, designs, and yet it's it's it. That's the cool part. They draw it. They come up with it. That's their trade craft, mm-hmm. and we uh, help them figure out how to build it. Is this even doable, Steve? Mm-hmm. Or is this even you know? Can we ever? Can we even do this? And we go. Yeah, yeah, budget. <laughs> but no, it's the dance. Do you yeah. ever say no? Uh, we say no a lot. The contractors say, "Can you know? Can you bid this job?" And we say, "Man, we're booked." Yeah, you know that's the hard part. You know, yeah. it's hard to stay. No, my my father always had a saying. When somebody asked him, uh, "How's it going, Steve?" He goes, "Fighting to stay small. Mm. <laughs> Fighting to stay small." Hmm. What about the architects when they come up with their um, marijuana induced uh, inspirations? <laughs> Med- uh, medical or otherwise yeah 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 california you, right? you, <laughs> california uh they're they're our lifeblood the architects mm. and and uh we support their ideas every which way and mm. uh and try to make it work for them sometimes they're they're i i don't know an architect has drawn a building the first time that's been within the owner's budget mm. period Okay. So our our job is the middle guy to get to to help get it within the owner's budget, still keep the architect's uh, intent and design, and uh, get get what he thought in the mm-hmm. very beginning without having to uh, uh, throw that out. Every once in a while, it's just over budget, mm-hmm. and that's what the owner wanted. That's what the architect wanted. That he just yep. can't quite afford it yet. But you see him come back alive all the time. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a lot of creativity demanded of you and your teams to get these projects done. Do you feel like that's the case? Well, again, uh, the designer primes the pump. Sure. Right. And then once it's primed, now now the engine takes off and we got to go with it. Yep. And uh, I've got a great staff here. Uh, these guys are amazing in, in design assist. And uh, that's what it's called as you move forward with the project. Uh, we're awarded a job, but the drawings aren't done. <laughs> so we have to help them finish the drawings yeah. with where the clips go, the gauge, the thickness, the type of fasteners, hmm. uh, and then ultimately, you know, how far it sticks off the building. They want it this far, but engineering's yep. not going to allow it to be that far. But you can do this a little differently, and it's it's just a uh, you know a a, 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 a collaboration of ideas hmm. at that point. But he's already come up with a concept, mm-hmm. and he's pretty much sure of the material he wants to use. And so when we'd start with that, sometimes we change material. The, the Music City Center in, in Nashville had a cement panel mm. all over it, you know, a, a million square feet. And we came in and said, you know, first of all, we didn't say it, but they said by the time they got the numbers in from all of us competitors, <laughs> we can't afford this. Mm. And I said, I knew you couldn't afford it. So here's our idea. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was just because of the innovative ideas we had that we got the job. Yeah. So I want to ask one more question. If we have time, Sam, do we have time? Sam's saying yes. Uh, the, just, uh, Sam, Sam had mentioned the, um, <clears throat> the sourcing materials. Um, so is that something that generally the architects come up with, or do you guys actually, are you guys pretty proactive in saying, hey, we want to use um, maybe materials from Arizona if possible, or how do you guys, like where does that come from? Yep, yep. Well, the architect usually has a general idea of the product he wants on the wall. He's seen it somewhere. Mm. And uh, so he'll, in his specification, or early on, he'll, he'll let us know, I want to use this product manufactured by this guy. And it may or may not be one of the guys we work with regularly. We may reach out to a brand new vendor and create a new relationship with this new product. Or we say, you know what, we have a better idea that looks the same, that's much less expensive. And you, you didn't see this one. 
and we get to show it to you. So that's what we do. We'll come in there and give him a shopping list of ideas. And if we want to focus it on something we know we can do and do it quickly and do it right, we're going to focus him on one, one or two products. Mm. But they already have a general idea. They want copper or stone. Uh, the ASU, they, uh, they wanted their stone from Arizona. Hmm. And we found that quarry. There was a couple competing quarries and went hmm. up there and tested which, which quarry had the, the best stone for their project. Um, the terracotta job in Tucson, the architect knew exactly what he wanted. Um, many of these projects, they, and there's so many cool products out there these days, new mm-hmm. innovative products that you can put on a wall system, uh, neat louver designs, just, it, it's all over. And, and really, we, they're artists, and, and we're, they actually uh, provided the, uh, the canvas, by the, the money to do the job, the, or the owner did, and the architect is uh, basically the artist, and we are actually the facilitator. We provide everything, uh, including uh, the paintbrush, and help them put the paint on. But they really, it's their idea, mm-hmm. and we expand upon that. Mm. That sounds like a fun challenge. Yeah. 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 Lots of problem solving, lots of exploration of materials and manufacturing yeah. methods. I think we've got, what, five minutes left, Sam? Three, four. Great. So perfect time, Steve, if you've got anything that you want to plug or that you want to, you know, let our listeners know about, this would be a great opportunity for that. Um, any cool projects you have coming up, you want to take a minute or two to chat about? Oh, right on. Um, well, it seems like I've been talking all day, (laughs) (laughs) but that's all right. (laughs) I've been told that about 10 times a day. Um, it works out well for a podcast. Oh, where I start? That's right. Yeah. It's great. It's perfect. It's awesome. But we, we I appreciate you guys uh, doing this. We, we uh, uh, Kovac has uh, been been pretty innovative in many projects. There's, we have a really cool project in Austin going right now. It's the 405 Colorado building, it's called. <laughs> and it's a 26-story building and on, on, on uh, three sides, uh, it's glass. On one side, it's our uh, Kovabon product that's <laughs> a, a ICC-rated um uh, uh, aluminum composite that uh, is specific to our company and we help develop it and we're taking that up 26 floors on one side of the building and the other uh, is a parking garage scrim we like to specialize in those and uh, that's a really unique system spanning two floors uh, so that four or five Colorado is spectacular hmm. uh, a couple other ones we have going on uh, in in uh, Arizona is a 100 mil project that's a really going to hmm. be a cool one uh, coming up uh, the Adeline project it's an existing parking structure 24th Street in Jefferson every one of these towers we have four towers in Arizona currently that Kovac is is uh, installing uh, when I say a tower uh, these are all 25-26-story uh, towers in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have the Wexford Project, which I believe yeah. is a six- or seven-story uh, building. Yep. Uh, very unique. And when you look at these, the sunshade structure is really developed with the architecture uh, of Arizona. That We have the glass, and then it's all uh, heat-resistant and, and UV-resistant, uh, trying to keep the interior of the building uh, in the environmental uh, mm-hmm. concerns of, of overheating it and, and a lot of energy efficiencies. But now they, they put an architectural fin out. Um, we've all seen the Solar One project where the, where the, where the louver blades change with yeah. the sun. You're seeing a lot of these permanent blades going vertically on, 
every project we do has some type of sun screening huh. on these towers, which adds another element to the glass element. Hmm. And the owners are spending the money to do that. Uh, they don't have to, yeah. but they do. And uh, so, like I said, uh, uh, very cool. we have several several going downtown this next year. We, we're, we're pretty booked in Phoenix for the next uh, 18 months of construction. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on and chatting with us. And yep. Just kind of letting us unlock your brain and your experience. This has been really, really cool. Really fascinating stuff. It's cool to be talking about it. And uh, uh, if I have one more thing I could say, yeah, it's, it's uh, we're we're definitely in a hiring mode here at Kovac. Okay. We have over 400 uh, people, and we're hiring, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> uh, good quality uh, field installers. And uh, you can make some big numbers here uh, based on our, our, our uh, specialty trade. Mm. Uh, and project management's always in demand. And we have, uh, as every other good company in Arizona, our website, we are hiring. Arizona is hiring. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we have not seen this much construction, future construction in the Arizona market in uh, the career of some of my uh, senior uh, sales and business development folks have not seen what's on the table coming yet. Mm. And there's a lot in, uh, we, we've, you know, got to, we've got to gear up for that capacity to be able to handle that work. So uh, Arizona wide, we need to do mm -hmm. that through our construction industry. And those, uh, your open positions are, are on the website. Yep. Um, so, and that's, what's the website again? That's kovac.net. Perfect. And just check it out and you can apply online. That's great. It's K-O-V-A-C-H dot net. net. Yeah. And I'm, and I know you guys have tons of project uh, photos and, I mean, really cool stuff. If people want to check that out, they can go on the website as well. So, a, lot, a lot of architects use that as a resource. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. Um, thanks, Steve, so much for coming on. The AZ Brandcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona with hosts Mike Jones and Chris Stadler. It's produced and edited by Sam Peggle. Music is produced and provided by Pabrid, an Arizona-based music group. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at azbrandcast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, find out more about AZ Brandcast, or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode, check out our website at azbrandcast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media, LLC, 2020.